Podcast Answer Man, episode number 247. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show and your life to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet released that first episode, there's something we can all do to take our show to the next level. And my friends, I am delighted to let you know that this week I am going to put a heavy emphasis on your questions. Last week, I took up the entire episode, episode number 246. If you haven't listened to it, you must go listen to it. All about the podcast mastermind. Totally awesome. I'll give you just a little bit of the update about how that went, the launch uh, here at the end of this episode for those of you that want to stick around that long all the way through the end. But let me just give you an idea of what we're going to cover today. Today we're going to give you, for those of you who are Facebook fan page owners and you're a little bit concerned about the future of fan pages with what we had shared a couple weeks ago, uh, Eric Fisher's on the line. He's going to tell us how we can get our fan page content up to the top of the newsfeed in Facebook, and we're going to learn all about Edge Rank. You do not want to miss this. Also, we're going to uh, answer a bunch of questions today. It, 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 it's like an all-question episode. We're going to talk about new and noteworthy podcasts. How do you get there? How do you know you're there? Uh, how you know? What do we do when we reach our 100th episode? How do we celebrate that? Uh, Father Jim has a question about what camcorder should he use. He he wants to do green screen work and and have audio inputs. What do, what are my recommendations there? Uh, John says he's bored with his show and is thinking about doing a talk show. And then of course Chris is moving, wanting to move his RSS feed from Lipson over to WordPress, but isn't quite sure how to do that without also mixing up all of that blog content from the RSS feed. We'll talk all about that and more. There will even be more than all of that. But I'll tell you what, we're going to get things kicked off right here, right now, starting off with our random plug of the week. This one goes out to Daniel Schmikowski, and and I know that I've probably said that completely wrong, but uh, I know he'll forgive me. The Special Chronicles podcast. Now, you've probably heard Daniel call in many times into the podcast Answer Man. He's been around for quite some time, and he's really refocusing his efforts these days. He's just making the move over to WordPress, and you know I see that his transition there is going pretty darn well. And this morning, I received an email from Daniel, and I want to read to you what that email said. It says, hey, Cliff, you had talked on Podcast Answer Man about the idea of making yourself newsworthy, and I thought that you'd be interested to know that this month, I've been featured in three newspaper articles, including the most recent one today, January 25th, 2012, on the front page of my local newspaper. And then, of course, he uh, forwarded me a link to this newspaper article for which I will put into the show notes for episode number 246 over at podcastanswerman.com. But anyway, I, I pulled up this article and it's the, the title is Westmont Man Overcomes Special Needs Label to Excel in Life. 
And this article is, I mean, it, it is a full-blown advertisement on the front page of this newspaper for the Special Chronicles podcast. That is awesome. Congratulations to you, Daniel. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just so excited that people took that interview that I did with Joel Bogus and Pei Kang about this concept of making yourself newsworthy. And folks like Daniel and 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 Anna from Switzerland and, and all these other wonderful people are actually getting this traditional media attention. And if you haven't yet heard that episode, I encourage you to go back into the archives. Look up, look up the episode that's labeled Making Yourself Newsworthy. Listen to that and, and find out how to leverage traditional media to gain more exposure for your online brand. It's totally awesome stuff. So there you go, specialchronicles.net. Again, I'll put a link to the article and also to Daniel's site in the show notes. All right, the next thing we've got going on here is, of course, we're going to bring back our social media correspondent, Eric J. Fisher, standing by right now. Eric, what do you have for us this week? Well, today we're going to talk about how to become a top story on the new Facebook, as well as something called Edge Rank. Edge Rank? I've never heard of... Well, last week we talked about the fact that we were going to talk about this thing called Edge Rank, but I have right. no idea what Edge Rank is. Can you tell us? Well, Edge Rank is something that Facebook introduced. It's actually the Facebook algorithm, oh. how things show up as a top news story in Facebook. So this algorithm is known to the world? Well... Facebook has let us know what are the factors that kind of you know lead into something having a good edge rank or having a great potential or possibility. It's it's the secret sauce. When you go to your newsfeed, it's the secret sauce that if you have some of these key things, you will show up at the top, which is where you get seen. Excellent. So you're going to tell us how we as podcasters or online brand managers, how we can actually post status updates in Facebook and we can increase this thing called edge rank so that we actually do show up in the news feed when people are when the people who are following us or subscribe to us or what or they like us on Facebook, when they sign into their Facebook account and they look at their news feed, we will be there. Yes. All right. So uh, first and foremost, where did you find all this information? All right. Well, I've done a couple of different searches. I had found a great article by a company at uh, in Boston that I visited called HubSpot. And they have an article on their blog. It's called How to Become a Top Story on the New Facebook. And that was kind of where I started with the, the basics. So let's cover the basics and then we can delve a little deeper if we need to. Sounds great. All right. So there are three factors that make up your Facebook edge rank. First one is affinity. And that's a score that comes between the viewer and the creator of the content. So in other words, it's Kevin Bacon. How connected are you to whoever or whatever has created this content that could potentially be in your newsfeed? And as we talked about last week, what is becoming true is that the the hierarchy goes that if you're friends first, subscriptions next, and then likes of brand pages following beneath that. It also kind of ties into friends of friends, et cetera. So that is affinity. It's it's how close you are to the creator. Okay, I can understand that one. Okay, weight is a value given to the comments and actions. In other words, it's the engagement. So it's if people like your post, if they comment on it, 
if they tag it, it gains notoriety, relevance. It means that, in other words, the more people that engage with your piece of content that tips Facebook off to knowing, oh, this must be important. A lot of people are sharing it, commenting on it, liking it, etc. And I know that sounds kind of self-defeating because you're thinking, well, that's what I'm trying to get people to do so that it becomes, a t- well, keep in mind, we're not talking about getting your, your content necessarily engaged with more so much as getting it to the top of people's news feeds so that they do that. The big deal is that we need to actually get the comments in front of the people. Sometimes we mistakenly think that, gosh, if I put this post on my Facebook page and I've got 1,500 friends on Facebook, then those 1,500 friends are going to see this post. Yes. And that's that's just not not true. That's just not how it works. So, okay, so, but but weight is certainly a part of this. So maybe, you know, making sure that if you are going to post something on your Facebook page or you're going to do a status update, you want to make sure that the the update is worded and carefully thought out. How can I get the most engagement for the very small percentage of the people who actually will see this. Right. So that when they begin to engage, that gives your status update more weight. Yes. Which will then put it in front of more people. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay, good. Got it. Which then ties into the third component, time decay. It's it's the decaying value of content as time passes. So the older something is, the less likely it's going to have a chance of showing up as a top news story. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And the thing about this is partly what you want to do then is be very intentionable. Intentionable is a word I just made out, made up. Intentionable. Yes. You want to be intentionable about, (laughs) and I'm using on purpose, when you post because a lot of people are going to see it if they're online right then when you post it. Right. And that's how you get some of that initial weight, which gives you then momentum. It's not just who you're connected to, but 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 that's important. It's not yes. just how well you craft your status update so that you can get as much engagement as possible, but it's also important that you choose the optimal time for those who you are connected to, when are they most in front of their computers? When are they most likely if the algorithm throws your status update into their newsfeed, when is the most likely time that they would actually see it there and not come in a couple hours later and then all of a sudden, you know, you were there, but man, you're so far down the list now that that happened hours ago and, and now they're here now. They never see it. They never engage. You never get the weight and therefore you you fall off the edge. So, so okay. So now we've talked on a podcast that you and I used to do called Social Media Serenity over at socialmediaserenity.com. You and I talked a lot about Twitter tools that tell you uh, what are the most optimal times. Is there any such kind of tool for Facebook do we know of? I am actively pursuing that. That is something I cannot give an answer to right now, but as soon as I find a reliable tool, that is definitely going to be what I'm doing. Because I know that we have one for, for Twitter in the case of Twiriad as well as Social Bro and a couple others that I've looked at. Facebook's another tricky monster altogether. It sure is. Well, I'll tell you what, you said you found another resource over at edgerank.net and found some valuable information there that 
that could help give people a little bit of an edge in getting into the newsfeed. So what did you find there? Well, it it goes into a little bit more of an explanation of affinity and your weight and your time decay. But what they really touch on is, at the very end, how can I optimize my fan page for edge rank? And that's kind of what I want to give the answer to is last week we talked all about fan pages, the, the, the way of the past. The new thing is subscriptions. Well, but what if you have a fan page? You want to still use it and you want to have optimal engagement on it. So how do you optimize it? Well, here's the thing. There are some tricks and ways of, the, of writing your things. You can increase your affinity of your fan page with each fan as well as boost how many fans see your status updates in their newsfeed. And the way that you can do that is to basically write some catchier or more attention-grabbing, without being too pushy, types of intros to your content as you post it. So they give some examples like, click like if you're excited that we just released our iPad app. I mean, that, how, how simple of a call at, to action is that? Right. And you see it right away and you say, oh, iPad app. Okay, cool, cool, click. You almost don't even think about it. It does seem a little bit more gimmicky and less conversational, but at the same time, you know, with, you know, the edge rank algorithms of Facebook, these, these kind of things may need to come into play. Yeah. All right. So that is, are there other options there or any other yeah. suggestions? Yeah, there's other ones. I mean, this all falls in, these all fall into kind of what was part of the HubSpot story, which is that you want to start a discussion and get people to start to comment on that. And how do you do that? Well, you ask them to do something. For example, fill in the blank. All I want for Christmas is blank. Our latest Christmas special is X. So you love asked them a question and you've left the blank and it's begging. It, they see it and, and it's almost like it's begging for them to write the one word in. I want and if be they in just po- write that word, it becomes a comment and adds weight to your story. Exactly. It's like, the, you know, the, the psychology is that, wow, I am a fan of this page. I want to be noticed. I want to recognize. And they're asking me for my opinion. And wow, it's only one word. It's not going to take me very long. It's just, boom, here's a word. I like that. That, that you know, again, seems a little gimmicky. But at the same time, it could spark some really good conversations and engagement and really help people to generate a sense of community among one another when they actually learn about some of the, you know, internal mindset and thoughts of the other people that are on that are on that Facebook fan page. And then this one's political. But again, this is what may spark because you're, they're going for the controversy angle, potentially. On a scale of 1 to 10, I think Obama's a great president. Watch this video of our CEO shaking hands with Obama. Hmm. So you can get people going, oh, I hate him, or oh, I love him. And either way, they're commenting. Yeah, and and something that is as controversial as that is definitely going to get that thing a lot of weight. Right. And, of course, be, with weight comes affinity. And of course, you know, you know, obviously with something so controversial, you're probably going to get that with very little time decay right off the bat. And if your intended purpose is to get people to watch your CEO shaking the hands of the president of the United States, well, guess what you've just done? You've gotten yourself into that top story, you know, in the news line, you know, mm-hmm. newsfeed and, and you've achieved your goal. So. I definitely another, see how this works. Yeah. Another key piece to keep in mind is 
once people do start to engage with any piece of your existing content, from that point forward, their affinity score between you and uh, your con- between them and you and your content is much higher. Right. Okay. So say say you post a lot of stuff, Cliff, but I never comment on it. Mm-hmm. And then one time I like something, and then I slightly start to see a little bit more of your stuff. And then I comment or I, you know, have a, a join in on a discussion. I'm going to see a lot more of your stuff from that point forward because Facebook says in its algorithm, well, he engaged with it last time. He must like this guy. The Very other cool. key thing to keep in mind is just the type of content that you're doing, whether that's uh, video, photo, links, or just statuses. In that order, video, photo, links, and statuses, th- those also carry weight. Okay, so video is more weight. Yes. Photo a second. Links, Links is third. Next, and then just status. And then just status. Hmm, interesting. So keep that in mind. The the most the thing that would give you the most weight would be a lot of would it be a video with a call to action. Hey, click click like if you think this is an awesome video. And then it's a video, and then you get lots of people sharing it, commenting on it, liking it and clicking it. Cuz that's the other thing. Shares, people actually sharing your content, that's the highest thing they can do to your content as well to give it weight. Right. So. Wow. Eric, I can't tell you how big this information is going to be for those out there who do have those Facebook fan pages going. They've seen their engagement go way down as a result of the new Facebook. And now with the understanding of how edge rank works, this is really going to improve things for them. Yeah. It really kind of blew my mind once I started looking into it. Very cool. Well, Eric, I appreciate it, my friend. And uh, it's always an honor to have you on the show. We'll see you again next week. All right. Thanks. All right. We're going to now turn over to our questions. Uh, We're going to kick things off with Ken Jones and the new and noteworthy section of iTunes. Hello, Cliff. This is Ken Jones, host of the podcast Prince of Ponds and Pet Tech. I have a question for the podcast answer, man. It's a two-parter. One... How do you know if and when your new podcasts have been chosen by iTunes to be spotlighted in the new and notable listing? Do you have to keep checking every few days, or is there a way to get email notification? And number two, is there a way to research past listings in that spotlight to see if I might have been listed in new and notable a month ago? Thank you, Podcast Answer Man. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ken, for uh, calling in that question. And I have a little bit of news for you here. I'm not a huge expert on how exactly iTunes chooses everything that they do. In fact, they're kind of secretive about much of it. One thing I can tell you is that it's almost assured that if you create a brand new podcast and your podcast has at least, I would say, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 people who'd subscribe or listen or download an episode of your show using iTunes, there is, I would say, and I guess I'm to- I'm totally guessing this, but about a 90% chance that you will make it to new and noteworthy. And how that works is people s- seem to get into new and noteworthy when they create a new podcast and they'll put, they'll put you into the rotation of the new and noteworthy and, and keep you up there, um, you know, in your category where you are currently listed for your podcast, your main category. Now, how long you will stay in the new and noteworthy section, I think, has a little bit to do 
with how often or how frequently new epi- or new podcasts are put into that category, submitted for brand new shows. So I've seen people that have created shows and they've been a new and noteworthy for as much as two or three weeks. I know that that was the case for uh, the Hunger Games, but I was in the literature category. And so there's not a, I mean, as you can imagine, there isn't hundreds of new literature podcasts that are in that category being submitted every single week. So we actually, the Hunger Games stayed, stayed in the new and noteworthy section of iTunes for several weeks. Now, if you were to create a technology podcast to get into new and noteworthy, you'd probably have to have a little bit more of the downloads because that is such a crowded niche area. And and I would imagine that if you make it into new and noteworthy, you could probably expect yourself to be there for maybe a day or two, maybe a week, but probably not much more than that because there is always so many new, fresh um technology technology podcasts that are coming out so again please know that this is just me sharing from my experience of just what i've observed if you want to hear a little bit more about how i feel how things work with itunes ratings and how they rank things i would encourage you to head over to my site and go to podcastanswerman.com forward slash itunes ratings Again, that's podcastanswerman.com forward slash iTunes ratings, all one word. And uh, I've, I've done a little blog post about what I found is specific, actually specifically with the Hunger Games Fan Podcast. And I think it'll give you some great insight of things to look into. All right, we're moving on now to Melissa, who is uh, wanting to know how to celebrate a very special occasion. This is a question for the podcast Answer Man Show. Hi Cliff, this is Melitza of RaisingPlayfulTots.com and I have a question today about celebrations. In the next few months, I'll be reaching my 100th show. Woohoo! I'm really excited. I'm wondering what's the best way to celebrate that? What could I do? Um, that's it really. Look forward to your reply. Thanks a lot. Really enjoying the shows. All right, Melissa, thank you so much. And first and foremost, congratulations. 100 episodes is amazing. That is an awesome thing to say that you have produced 100 episodes of a podcast. I am extremely excited for you. And I know that your community will be as well. Now, you seem to have a podcast where I believe that you probably have some decent relationships with the folks who do listen to your show, that you probably have a community built about around the content that you create. And if that's the case, I do highly suggest that you offer some way for people to celebrate with you. Uh, there are a couple things that you could do. Hopefully, by this point, you've heard me talk about the power of getting people signed up on a mailing list so that you have the opportunity to mail them about special notices and other communications that you might want to send out to your community. And if you do have that, you could, you can go ahead and blast an email out to everybody that's on your mailing list and let them know that you would love to have them participate in the celebration of your special 100th episode. Now, if you don't have the mailing list, or even if you do, in addition to this, you could, you know, for your next couple episodes, it doesn't, it sounded to me like you're maybe a couple episodes away, but you're coming up on that 100th episode, and you can, over the course of the next few episodes, and I would put this at the end of the show, let people know 
that your 100th episode is coming up, that you are looking to celebrate this, and then you can actually put a call to action for your community to let them know how they can do this. Now, I don't know if you have a listener voicemail feedback hotline, but one of the things that you can do is you could invite your audience or your community to leave you voice messages to explain, maybe to express what the everything means to your show means to them. Matter of fact, I'm going to pause for one second. I'm going to play for you a little bit of a clip here and uh, I have to dig it out. So let me pause for one second. Okay, I found it here. This is something that we had done with the gspn.tv community. And uh, basically, I did exactly what I just mentioned. I just asked people to say, hey, if you wouldn't mind, would you be willing to call in and leave us a voicemail and tell us what gspn.tv has meant for you, meant to you? Uh, we're celebrating our second anniversary. And if you want to get an idea, now we, of course, played all, you know, all of that feedback uh, with commentary in between, but I'm going to let this roll for just a few minutes. I'm not going to play the whole thing, by the way. It's 33 and a half minutes in length, the total number of people who called in. Uh, but here's just a sample of some of the feedback that we got. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie, this is Christy from Irvine, California. I get so much encouragement from you guys. I, I started out listening um, to the Lost Podcast, like so many other people. Um, I was so excited to hear somebody with the same faith that I had that still loved TV and Lost and Grey's Anatomy and um, now Private Practice, and I just love all of those shows and was so excited to hear somebody talk about them and um, just get to kind of join in on that. I um, am in a job where I'm traveling all the time, not in plants. I just drive around in my car all day long. And so podcasts just became like a great way for me to get perspective and have fun listening in the car. I can't listen to music all the time. I need my brain to keep going. So um, anyway, you guys keep my brain going in that way. And also, thank you so much for introducing me to Father Roderick and his shows. I love them. And also to Dave Ramsey, who um, I started his um, program last year. And um, I think right after you guys did, something like that. And now I've paid off almost everything. I only have $2,700 more to go. And then I'm going to be debt-free. And I'm so excited about that. And um, I think really what keeps me coming back and listening to you guys, though, is your communication and love for each other. And it just really touches me. And I hope that someday when I get married that I have... um, that kind of communication in my marriage. I know everything's not perfect, but I definitely want that kind of open communication and being able to work on things together, and I love seeing that in you guys. So anyway, thank you so much for all the stuff that you do. Just hope that you guys continue to just have great success, and I'm praying for you in your new um, endeavors and, um, and that your career with this will just go really successfully. And um, anyway, that's all. Have a good night, you guys. Bye. Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Heather from Eatonville, Washington. I just wanted to share that you guys make my downtime fun. Um, I sometimes have a little bit of downtime, um, whether I'm driving. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and, again, like I said, there we had received so many pieces of 
so motivational, so much high quality, um, highly encouraging feedback from our community. And that's just one thing that you can do. Um, I know that I had some dear friends in France who have a podcast and for their 100th episode, they decided to reserve a space. And I, I don't know if it was a pub or a restaurant or uh, what it was, but they reserved a special place and they invited people to come and be there and record a show live in front of a live studio audience. And I, I don't know if the, if you feel like you can pull that off. And I would say that if you don't feel like you can pull that off, maybe stretch yourself to dream big and see, uh, especially if there's enough time to plan. If there, you know, if you have a month or more, may, perhaps you could pull something off. But, um, you know, the, my, my recommendation is that you do celebrate. You do th- come up with some uh, creative ways. And if you want, ask your community to offer ways uh, how you could celebrate. What are some ideas that they have? But just know this. If you put if you put it out there and you ask people to celebrate with you, um, I, I would assure you that people would be willing. If, if, they've, if you've created 100 episodes, there's no doubt in my mind that you've developed some wonderful relationships with people over those 100 episodes. And I would fully suspect that uh, you would have some people who, would, who are just looking to celebrate with you. So uh, again, congratulations, Melissa. My recommendation, celebrate, uh, find creative ways, at least at the very minimum, invite people to call in that you can play back and potentially consider maybe doing that live celebration. I, th- I think that would be fun. And uh, I can tell you from personal experience, I love doing live shows and live meetups and events with the community of people. And I've I've never been let down by the number of people who show up to those live events. So blow it, it blew my mind every single time, and 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 I just love it. Hey, we're moving on now to uh, Jim, uh, Father Jim, and he has a question about camcorders. So Father Jim, take it away, my friend. Hi, Cliff. This is Father Jim Tucker of the uh, Catholic Creativity Podcast, also the one responsible for comments from the koala. That's the uh, the video podcast that I do with some puppets. I wanted to ask you, what would be the best camcorder to use for that kind of thing? With that, I do green screen chroma key work, and I also need something with some sort of a, a microphone jack. And also, if that camcorder also has an AV out as well. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. And Jim, thank you. so, Father Jim, thank you so much for your question. Now, I want to tell you, I'm an audio guy. So I have quite a bit of experience in various different means of, of producing things with lots of different uh, equipment setups for audio. But when it comes to video, my exper- experience is just limited to really honestly the three or four different things that I've tried. And early on, I tried a little point and shoot, a little Canon uh, cyber shot thing or whatever those things are called. Anyway, it, it, it only had the little built-in microphone it w- and I think it had a limit of so many minutes of video that it would do. But uh, the cool thing was is I was able to pull that file off the the little point-and-shoot camera and bring it into an editing program and, and put, you know, lower thirds and stuff on there and kind of dress it up a little bit. Uh, those were the early days of my pot, uh, video uh, productions. Then I moved into a realm with the Kodak ZI8 camera. And I will tell you, I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, it was, of course, today I think they're like $269 or more uh, because they are uh, 
they have been discontinued. But back in the day, it was like $149 to buy one of those brand new. And the Kodak ZA was a it was a fun camera. I still no actually no the one I had that is not around anymore. But anyway, it was a fun camera because it did have a built-in audio port and it was HD. It, it actually would record even up to either 1080p at 30 or at 30 frames a second or you could even do 720p at 60 frames a second. So I really enjoyed that camera, but I didn't like the fact that it would not do a good zoom in, zoom out and and uh, there you know it just wasn't exactly what i had wanted it did it fit the bill for quite some time but uh, most recently i had been on the look for a a better option a, a very high quality hd camera that yes definitely must have an audio input uh, that i could bring in you know high quality audio and i was looking to spend somewhere around maybe 600 to 800 dollars and I started looking around and I found a bunch of options that would fit in that price range that had all of the things that I was looking for. I was also looking for SD card uh, so that I, I didn't actually have to hook up the camera every time via US, uh, USB or Firewire cable. Um, I, so so I wanted to have all of I wanted to have SD card. I also wanted to have, um, you know, a built in hard drive just in case my SD cards were, were full or whatever. You know, th- th- that's what I was looking for. And so I found some Canon Vixia models that seemed to fit the bill. The thing is, though, when I was researching this, I found out that Leo Laporte was using the Canon Vixia HFG10. You can actually find this in at uh, using my affiliate link if you want to at gspn.tv forward slash HF Henry Frank G10. That's George 10. So HFG10. Anyway, I found out that Leo Laporte was using this Canon Vixia HFG10 and he, not only was he using one of them, but he had like 15, 20 or 30 of these things in the Twit Studios. And I also watched some reviews of this camera and found out that it actually has a special sensor in it that is more custom to what you would find in a prosumer model, you know, the, the next level up of cameras. And this was actually at the highest end of the consumer camera. Now, when it first came out, it was about $1,500 and I paid full price and I got it like within the first week that they were released. Now, today, I think you can pick them up for like $1,299 and it was a bit more than what I was looking to spend. Uh, but I will tell you, I, I said, you know what? I've been waiting for a very long time. I want something that's going to last me for a while and I want something that's going to give me amazing quality. And one of the greatest features of this thing is that it does a wonderful job in low light situations. And I do actually have a lot of low light situations like when they go to meetups and stuff like that that I would want to have a good good quality video. Now, it does all it also has the built-in input. It has I think pretty much every every camera has AV output. And uh, many of them actually have mini HDMI out and they come with a cable to convert mini HDMI to the full HDMI cable connection. Um, I, 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 have a experience, I have experience with the Canon Vixia HFG10. I absolutely love it. It does not have FireWire out though. So you won't be able to just go FireWire and, and, and do a live view right out of your camera into your Mac computer or even your PC, it does not have FireWire. But if you have, if you do have a piece of a component, uh, and I think that, um, 
Oh, I think the folks over who make, I think Telestream makes a device now that I'm going to pick up that will allow me to bring in my live video from my Canon camera uh, for uh, my Mac uh, via the HDMI. So I'm going to, matter of fact, that, that reminds me, I need to look that up. But anyway, if if the $1,500 price point's too far out of your range, which, you know, I can certainly understand that, that um, you know, many people might think that's a little bit much then I would recommend looking at some of the other Canon Vixia models. They actually have much lower cost Vixia models that are eight that are HD. Just make sure that it does have that audio input that you're looking for. And if FireWire is a must, you wanna be sure to look at your specifications, make sure that each of those out there. Personally, I think Canon Vixia cameras are very good high quality cameras and I really enjoy and love mine. So. Hopefully that helps you out just a little bit. Oh, and real quickly, you mentioned green screen. Since you do green screen, you're probably already aware of this. Uh, just as important as your camera is your lighting. Making sure that you have good light, uh, you know, even lighting on from both angles uh, onto your green screen, and then an you know an overhead light to kind of separate you from the background. Uh, but I'm sure you already know that since you've had some experience there. And uh, yeah, hope that helps. All right, we're going to move on to John, who uh, seems to be bored with some things. Maybe he's not quite sure. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Cliff. John McGowan with the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Let me get started by saying how much I truly appreciate everything that you've done for the podcasting community. I know personally you have benefited me both through your podcast but at the same time, being accessible when I've had some questions that you were always very gracious to help me with. Now my question. I'm bored with my podcast. Three years, 197 episodes. It's going well. But what I'm bored with is, or maybe bored is the wrong word. I'd love somebody else to be asking the questions. So here's my idea. And I searched your site and I couldn't find any reference to this. What would happen if I took my podcast and turned it into a live internet talk show? Have you got any thoughts on that? Any experience? Uh, you know, there's a couple of companies that provide a producer and try to deliver some high quality audio, not the talk shoe phone in ick. But I would really love your opinion on it because, you know, I've got this huge community of fitness instructors. What's missing, though, is their voice. You know, they comment, and I own a big forum over at pedalon.com, and they're very active, but we never actually hear anyone. So the idea was to create a talk show where people can call in just like any other talk show and connect verbally with my guests. Love to know what you think. Thanks. All right, John. Well, you asked what I think, and what I am going to tell you is what I think personally. Number one, it sounds to me you said that I'm I'm I, I feel bored with my podcast, um, and it sounds to me like you've got 197 episodes of, and, and I, I haven't listened to the show, so but I, I would assume, John, that you are interviewing experts in your niche field and it's been you and and you kind of said that you know i'm kind of getting tired of being the one who asks all the questions it, it sounds to me like okay number one you could be bored with your podcast but it i kind of get the sense that you want to continue to move forward that this isn't something that you're looking to end and maybe move into something different um but 
it does sound to me and this is and and you can correct me if i'm wrong it sounds to me what what you're what you're bored of or maybe burned out on is the interview format you're it sounds to me like you are burned out you've done all of these interviews you're asking these questions of all these experts, wonderful content, great content, but you're kind of getting bored of being the one who asks all the questions. Let me tell you my personal opinion of this idea of going to a live show where you ask people to come in and they can ask the questions. Personally, you ask what I think. I That, that just does not sound appealing to me at all because I've had experience doing live shows, call-in shows, and it's a complete mixed bag uh, when you have very little control over who calls in, what questions are going to be asked, how they're going to be asked, and whether or not those people are clear and concise or if they go on and on and on. You know, even with Podcast Answer Man, now, of course, I, you obviously are quite aware that I allow people to ask the questions on Podcast Answer Man, and I do include your voice and the voice of other people that call in. Now, what you may or may not know is that some of the questions that you hear me play, for example, Father Jim's question. Um, If I look at Father Jim's question here, let me click on this. Father Jim's question that I played was 37 seconds in length. However, the audio file from Father Jim was over a a minute and a half. I actually reduced 60 seconds worth of content out of Father Jim's question. Now, Father Jim's question had a, uh, a quite a bit of information about his existing camera and some issues that he had experienced with his existing camera and and stuff like that. And, and it wasn't completely 100% necessary to go into what's not working for him. His question, the main point is, here are the things. I do green screen. I need audio input and I need AV output. That was the gist of the question. And so I was able to cut down a lot of content and a lot of it was, well, and um, it has this and uh, it does that. And and so what I was able to do is in, in pre-production, I was able to kind of edit that down and get you a clear, concise, good, well thought out question by doing a little work ahead of time. And, 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 and that's just not possible with a live show. Trust me. I, I've, I've done the live shows before and it can be very tedious. So one of the things that I really don't like about live talk radio, the, you know, the professional guys is when they cut people off, you know, it's like, oh, we got to go to the break or, you know, it's, it's like, okay, let me go ahead and answer that for you. And they, they, they hit mute on the caller because the caller just won't shut up. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, they're just like going on and on and on. It's like, and, 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 and I, and I personally, I don't like to hear a host say, Hey, you know, I, I appreciate it. Can you get to the point? What's the question? Yeah. Those kind of things just make me feel uncomfortable doing that to a live caller. And, and unfortunately I've had to do that. Um, you know, you get some people that just want to, you know, they get behind the microphone or get, they get on air and, and they'll go on and on. And so I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the, the live call-ins, although, other people do live call-in shows. They do them great and they love them. Personally, I can't think of a single live call-in show that I listen to. Um, the closest thing would be Leo Laporte's The Tech Guy. And I don't subscribe to that show. I don't listen to it very often. I, I mean, if I am completely bone dry of content, 
Uh, I do love Leo Laporte enough to go and listen to that show. And the thing is, though, Leo's got 20 to 30, maybe even closer to 30 years of experience in radio. And he does a really amazing job. And the other thing you have to realize is that the people who call in for every one person that actually speaks to Leo Laporte on the telephone for every one person there were about 25 to 50 people who called that did not get onto the show and there is a screener talking to the people asking people to explain what their question is and all of this other stuff and kind of getting a feel whether or not this person is going to be air worthy Uh, so kind of keep those things in mind my personal here here's what i would recommend go over to encouraging others through christ.com that's a podcast that i have uh, that i produce and it's encouraging others through christ.com listen to the most recent episodes there and you'll find that what i do is have i bring in people and and have conversations with them now I, I know that you're doing the interview format, but what if you did a conversational format instead of inter, instead of 197 interviews and continuing on with interviews? What about conversations? And what about this? What if you were to take two, maybe three of your most loyal community members in your fitness area, your niche there, that are loyal to your brand? who would be willing to invest in at least a a decent uh, headset microphone with USB or, goodness, if they could even invest maybe $150, $200 into getting some kind of setup to where they have a decent microphone hooked up to Skype. They have a comp- you've, you've tested with them that they have a great high bandwidth Skype connection and that you can have bring them into your show um, and, and it sounds pretty doggone good. And if you can do that and get two or three people from your community who can rotate in as guests, uh, guest hosts with you or guest co-host, and, and maybe you guys could, maybe three or four of you get together and have some round table discussions about your various niche and you can take in live calls like I do with Podcast Answer Man or maybe you invite somebody else, just one other person at a time and maybe you rotate through those where it's you and one other member of the community both in high quality on Skype together interviewing that expert um, or having that conversation with that expert. Um, just some ideas there, but I, it's, it does sound to me like what you're, what you're experiencing is the burnout of doing it solo, doing the solo interviews, the solo things after 197 episodes. Don't be afraid to switch your format. I, I don't think your, your audience will hate you for it. And if anything, you know, you're, you're only a couple episodes away from episode number 200 and say, you know what? It's been, the, you know, we've done 199 episodes, episode 200 marks the beginning of the next phase of what we're doing here. So John, I hope that helps out just a little bit. Next up, we're moving over to Chris or Craig, I believe, who is uh, having some concerns with his Libsyn RSS feed. Hi, Cliff. Craig from Making Business and Sales Work. Thanks for everything you've done. Let me start by saying thank you for the the great products you put out and for the encouragement. At episode four, it felt like giving up, but... At the same time, you also put out a podcast that said, if you're stuck at episode four, keep going. I'm well over episode 30 now. I've got regular downloads. It's all going fantastic. I'm evolving my podcast. I'm actually taking it on the road. A local venue here is letting us have 
uh, a room once a month and we've set up a meetup group and people are going to come to the meetup group and we're going to record a live podcast. I've also used Source Bottle, which is normally used by journalists to get sources for stories. And I've got 30 people lined up using Source Bottle as guests for my podcast. It's going very, very well and a lot of that praise can be put on your shoulders. Thank you very, very much. But I do have one question, and I think you're the guy that can help me with this. I use Libsyn for my hosting, and the RSS from Libsyn goes straight to FeedBurner, which is perhaps not the right way of doing it. And it also goes across to my blog, which is a WordPress blog. And I want to actually get the FeedBurner feed. I actually want to get my WordPress feed to go to FeedBurner instead. But the problem I have is that my my blog has lots of text on it as well as just the podcasts so i don't want that rss to go to itunes so because i've got a fair bit of hosting space and i want to run two different podcasts from the one hosting and have separate rss um your thoughts on this how i could possibly do it i know you're the guy that could possibly answer this for me thanks cliff thanks for everything you've done all right craig thank you very much and number one congratulations on not ending your show after episode four it's a perfect testimony. If you can get past episode number seven and make it and commit yourself to episode number 10, almost everybody who makes their 10th episode continues on to create a successful podcast. And now you have people who are coming out to a live venue. This is amazing. It's awesome. And so congratulations for pushing through. Uh, now, your question about your RSS feed, I, I want to tell you from my perspective, and, and I have to realize that you know I do this every day. It's really simple, although uh, I can understand how this can seem quite daunting. Now, here's the deal. I'm I'm so excited to hear that you're using FeedBurner. So everybody who's subscribed to your podcast in iTunes and other directories, they are subscribed to your FeedBurner feed and not your Libsyn feed. This is very good news because you can go in, you can go to uh, FeedBurner.com, log in with your credentials, click on the title of your podcast and then up in the edit details section, you look at the original feed address. That URL is pulling, it should have your Lipson URL, the, the address to your RSS feed at Lipson. That URL should be in there. And all you need to do is go in and put in the RSS feed from your WordPress site into that original feed. Click update, save. My recommendation would go to, to be to go over to the Troubleshoot Ties and go ahead and click the Resync Now button that's at the bottom there. And and then you're off to the races. Now, the question is, you're concerned if, you know, I, I don't know if I just want to go to mypodcast.com or mywordpresssite.com slash F-E-E-D. I'm assuming that you have permalinks set up, by the way. And uh, you can check that out by typing in your URL slash F-E-E-D. And that will tell you if if you see an RSS feed pull up there, then you do have your permalink set properly and it will actually display it. Your overall RSS feed for the entire site, including all categories, if you do that. And if that works, I have good news for you. If you all you need to do is create a category specifically for your podcast episodes. Now I had somebody say, you know, well, I I, I got your WordPress for podcasters tutorial and the thing is, is I'm an existing blogger and I already kind of have all of these different categories kind of for the subject matter. And I said, that's no problem at all. all. My recommendation would be that you create another category called podcast. And let's just say your your other categories are uh, Apple, uh, technology and gadgets 
you know, and, and the, all of those categories. Now, you know that when you create a blog post, you can actually assign all three of those categories to that one blog post. Well, my recommendation is that if you do a podcast that is talking about an Apple iPhone, then you can actually, when you're creating that, you create, you choose the um, category of gadget, Apple, technology, and podcast. Put it in all four categories, but making sure that every podcast episode actually does make it into the podcast category. And with that, you can actually go to, let's just say that your your category slug is called podcast. And and so you could actually go to, for example, um, it would be yourwebsite.com forward slash category forward slash podcast forward slash F-E-E-D. And then what you have is an RSS feed that only displays the the content that is that is tagged with that category. So only podcast episodes will be in there. Now you had already mentioned that you're thinking about creating multiple different shows. So you could actually have a category called podcast one or podcast two, or you could actually name the categories the name of the show. Um, but the um, the thing is, is you for let's just say podcast one is the actual category. So it'd be your URL dot com slash category slash podcast one slash F-E-E-D. That's your RSS feed. Send that over to FeedBurner. You're good to go. If you need more clarification on that, that is exactly the kind of stuff that is covered in WordPress for podcasters. You can find that over at uh, podcastanswerman.com forward slash products. Hopefully that helps you out, Craig, and thank you very much for the question. Well, my friends, uh, one of the things like I, I like to do here around the end of the show is to say thank you to those of you who are using my Bluehost affiliate sign-up form uh, or sign-up link. If you go over to podcastanswerman.com forward slash resources, you'll see my link is right there. And whenever you sign up for Bluehost using my affiliate link, uh, it's I think it's only 84 bucks a year or something like that for the first year of hosting with them. And when you sign up for them, I actually get a very generous commission. And I just want to say a, a, a quick shout out and thank you to uh, the folks behind sonofodin.net. Now, I do want to let you know, I went over and checked out sonofodin.net. And the podcast actually starts off with their intro theme and it does have language in it. So, you know, I don't I'm not here to judge anyone, but um, I do want to give a warning that if you go to son of Odin, O-D-I-N dot net, um, be prepared. There There is language in that podcast. And, and I just want to give a heads up there. But anyway, thank you to whoever it is that's behind that for using my affiliate link. And in fact, I actually... Now, when I, when somebody does actually use my affiliate link, I go and check out and see who they are and what they're doing if I can find out. And uh, I actually have a one minute and 42 second audio clip of the person behind the son of Odin.net and the reason why he's making some changes. Have a listen to this. Some of you might have noticed for some reason my website was not working earlier this week. And once I emailed Tumblr and asked him what was up, they said somehow I got caught in an over-aggressive spam filter, so they took my website offline. Of course, it comes back online the day before I go on SOPA blackout strike. Yeah. This is the way my luck works. Anyway, uh, as such, what I will probably be doing is go get real hosting and move the uh, podcast 
in probably the regular sonofoden.net site over there. And I'll probably actually start going ahead and hosting my own uh, MP3 files since, I don't know if you've noticed at all, the ones I do now got hosted on archive.org, which is nice free storage. And they've been fine. I just, you know, I guess I want a little bit more control. And, you know, like if I have an issue where... Uh, like two weeks ago, the uh, audio was kind of screwy in one bit. I could probably just, you know, re-upload a new file and fix that. And, you know, anyone that hadn't downloaded it yet won't notice a difference. Whereas with Archive, i got to basically re-upload it with a new file name and change all the links and stuff, which causes, you know, podcatchers and stuff to re-download it again, blah, blah, blah. It ends up being all of a mess, so... I'll probably be doing that, so if you notice any downtime, uh, that's probably just, you know, transferring pains and stuff. So I don't know. Like I said, it's probably going to be at least next week, week after, before I get around to doing that. So, Well, there you go. That's the audio clip. So, uh, yeah, you know, this this is the experience of a lot of people who try to use a Tumblr blog or some of those other free sites and and things like that. You do run into issues, and, and, and lots of them, and... And uh, I'm just thankful that uh, the guy behind sonofodin.net used my affiliate code to move over to Bluehost. I'm sure he'll be very, very happy with his uh, service and his hosting account. And uh, so, yeah, thank you. And by the way, I just want to say real quickly, I absolutely love FreshBooks. I've been hearing about FreshBooks forever. And I just signed up for FreshBooks. I was looking at a lot of different options to do the billing, the you know the billing for annual billing and also monthly billing for for my podcast mastermind that I just created. And it took me a while to decide which service to go with. I went with FreshBooks because of their you know the fact that you can call them up Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time and always get somebody that knows their stuff. I mean, they're amazing. They'll stay on the phone with you as long as you want. Man, absolutely love them. Love them so much, I did actually put an affiliate link. It's not on my resources page yet, but if you look on the right-hand side of my site and scroll way down, you'll see services I recommend. I did put a little FreshBooks box there for that. But um, wow, FreshBooks is amazing and absolutely loving it. And real quickly, to give you an update on the Podcast Mastermind. I want to tell you right now, currently there are 34 approved and active members of the Podcast Mastermind. And I still have about nine applications that are pending, waiting for me to review. This was such a huge response. I I wanted to have around 50 people to start and launch this thing. I didn't know that it would actually happen. And uh, I don't know why I didn't because I believe in what we're doing. And the, the response, the reaction to those who are in the Podcast Mastermind, their excitement, their fervor uh, is just contagious. If you want to just get a glimpse of what's going on on the front page, go over to thepodcastmastermind.com. God bless you all. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.